11 minutes past 10. This is the bit where I like to say hi to Steve Vines, and I never, ever, that's the good thing about this bit, never, ever put subliminal ideas in his head. Good morning, Steve. Choo-choo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Good morning. Well, now, here we go again. I mean, you know, I keep I keep coming all this way, and believe me, it's an enormous self-sacrifice to come all the way to Kowloon Tong, um, thinking that one week... I'm not going to mention some cock-up at the MTR or another of the big white elephant projects or what have you, but you know what? It's a really difficult... (laughs) It's really difficult. So now we've got... So now we've got... It's the fatal um, shout-in to Central Line. Remember, there's an inquiry underway into the platform cock-ups... And that's that's been an absolute what we what, what I believe technically is called a blame fest. So there's been a succession of people going into this inquiry, going well, very seasonally. It's a pig's ear. It's a <laughs> god oh dear. We're going to have a few of those. You swine. Hogwash. <laughs> um, but you know, so it's it's a succession of people going on. It's not my fault. Not my fault. It's his fault. Oh, he's smelly anyway. Um, and and the government deliberately tried to narrow down this inquiry into only talking about the platforms. We now hear that in the construction of two tunnels, there, there's all sorts of odd stuff going on. I'll put it mildly. I believe that's another technical expression. And the MTR has somehow lost 40% of the paperwork which is supposed to say whether or not and whether this was done or that was done. And so they're going now, ooh, well, maybe that's that's a problem. But what I like about this is, is yet again, it's all focused on who do we blame. So the first thing is, (laughs) the chaps from the MTR, who, of course, have an impeccable record, is, oh, those Leighton people, very, very, very naughty, naughty, naughty. Meanwhile, you've got Frank Chan, the Minister for No Transport Whatsoever, going, MTR, very, very naughty, 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 naughty. And I, as I say, I really don't understand why they can't find a cleaner to blame. They I, will. They will. You think they will? It's like that, in case anyone doesn't get that reference, it's like this awful business with the Mirror Hotel in Chimsa Choi where a window fell out and killed someone and the first person they arrested was the cleaner. I'm, so, think, I'm thinking more about um, papers being lost. Funnily enough, the Backchat guys were talking about an archives law this morning. Uh, Nixon did something similar, didn't yes, he? Yes, <laughs> yes. It is, it is you what, know, what this text? is not an academic <laughs> subject. I'm sure that, that emerged from the Backtrack. Backtrack. The back chat session. This is not an academic subject. The point of keeping records is not only so you can see who is telling porkies. I'm sorry, we're still on the uh, <laughs> New Year theme. It's not but, going anywhere, that one. But, but also, it, it is actually there. So if you know properly what's going on, you can do something to rectify it. Now, in this case, what is so scandalous about this is... Fine, I'm I'm quite sure that Leighton, the main construction company, is culpable. I'm quite sure, blah, blah, blah. But the fact of the matter is that the MTR Corporation was paid not millions, but billions, billions of billions. dollars to manage this project. Remember, it's a project which costs something like $90 billion. So if you're managing the project, aren't, don't you have some responsibility to be monitoring it while you're managing it? Oh, and by the way... The transport department, who, 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 who are the first people to jump in blaming everybody else, they are, they are the public's representative on the MTR board. Mm-hmm. They're the people with the biggest shareholder. They also have a responsibility to be properly monitoring what's going on. And they're sitting there, Frank Chan, who goodness knows why he's still there, but remarkably he still is as the transport minister, sitting there going, oh, these people, very, very bad. They didn't let us know. Maybe, Frank, 
or Frankie, if I may, you should have asked them. That would have been a way of keeping them on their toes. The fact that you were asleep on the job, they were asleep on the job, and the other blokes were asleep on the job, as I say, they need to find a couple of cleaners who are really responsible for all of this. Let's go to one of our esteemed listeners who's not asleep on the job, and that is Dave. Right. He says, Hi, Steve, I want to hear heads rolling on the MTR and a few people losing their jobs, well, more than a few, actually. And secondly, who is the idiot on the radio? And I must say, it wasn't me. It's the cleaning lady. <laughs> um, who is the idiot on the radio that said they need to make some sort of book with guidelines for engineers? The engineers should know what they are doing. They're skilled people. They don't need a book. Supposed to learn it in college. He goes, "Oh, they are graduates." And if the government don't know what to do, I think they should improvise and don't quite um, know what they should. Be. He's going yeah. to find. But, I mean, speak. Dave, Dave has a point. I, I mean, Dave, you know, proofread your emails. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, there are. The fact of the matter is that these um, big civil engineering projects are, in fact, governed by yeah. quite strict rules. There are books. It, it, you know, the question is has anybody bothered to read them? Are they actually following the guidelines that are laid down? One of the things that the hapless Frank Chan actually said yesterday, if anybody could keep awake while he was rabbiting on long enough, was, oh, you know, they, they've breached our guidelines. Well, you know, the guidelines are only as good as somebody keeping an eye on them. They're not some sort of mystical thing up there in the ether. If you have a management team who's asleep on the job and you have people who are in control of the management team, that would be you, the transport department, who are asleep on the job. No wonder people don't bother to follow the guidelines. Is this thing about to go pop? This whole thing. Well, I mean, it's. It, <laughs> I'm going to say something which you may think is funny, but it's actually nearing completion. The, I mean, the project is nearing completion, yeah, as you know. know. It should already be open, but but so I mean, they are going to at some time have to actually finish it. I know they keep pushing it back and shoveling more money into it. So in that sense, mm. it won't go pop. If you're saying. Do you think that ultimately... No, I mean, we're going to have witch hunts for corruption and ineptitude. Exactly. Do you think ultimately that the culpable parties will be held to account? As I say, pigs might fly. I I really don't think so. I mean, they've got rid of the chief executive of the uh, MTR. The, The chairman of the MTR... Who Frederick Marr, who, whose basic position was, if I say everything's all right, it's all right, I don't want to hear any more questions from you. He was actually asked to stay on. Mm. Unbelievably. Extension. Asked to stay on. Um, uh, the, 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 there have been some heads rolling in the MTR, but I think the problem is, you know, by all means, have heads roll. I mean, I know this is... But does it solve anything? It what, doesn't what does solve, it solve, it doesn't solve anything until you have a culture of proper monitoring, and you have a culture of proper accountability. And this government just doesn't get it. I mean, Carrie Lamb actually stood up yesterday and said, and reminded people, that listening was part of her manifesto. Oh, I knew the word humble was good. Humble, oh, ever so humble. That's, yeah. that's in the glossary. It's in the glossary, but it means absolutely nothing. Mm. <coughs> I mean, she is so tone deaf, it's unbelievable. I still can't get over the fact, and I don't see why this should even be glossed over, that she tells impoverished elderly people that, that you know, well, you know, I'm all right, I'm 61, I'm still working, you know. I mean, how tone deaf is that? You know, I live in a big house. Oh, you live in a, a partly divided apartment with six other families. Well, you know, why you should be like me, working really hard. Chalk and cheese. It's it's not so much chalk and cheese. It's, it's this tone deafness to the real situation. Anyway, 
So um, she's now saying she's going to be ever so humble and she's going to be listening more. Always but say, she I said mean, that last time. But so many people have used that word. Yeah, it's well, such an old-fashioned, obsequious I'm word. I'm going to be ever it? so humble. Next time, from here on in, you know... Just, no, I, I mean, you know, what you... What you can't get your head around, I can't get my head around, is here you have a government which has overflowing with money and, and has money for, for more or less any cockamamie scheme that has the word Belt and Road or Greater Bay or whatever you like on it. And when it comes to old people, they actually sit in their offices, sit in their effing offices, and think of ways to knock $200 per month off the, the payments that are given to elderly people. I mean, what sort of people... They go home, they think, I've done a good day's work here. I've managed Doesn't to get sense, a it? really <laughs> poor person. I've really managed to get $200 off their payment. I mean, A, you would have thought somebody would be sufficiently savvy sitting in the department to say, you know, this really doesn't look too good. It's a very small sum of money, but it is so upsetting. It's a bigger Why? sum of money to them. Well, it is. I mean, small sum of money in the great sure. order of, of yeah, yeah. Uh, <coughs> these these handouts that go all over the place to, to the rich. You know, I mean, when you cut money to property developers, I know you're not allowed to do that, but if you were to cut money to property developers, you'd be talking about billions. Mm. These are terribly small sums of money, which, as you say, make an enormous amount of difference to people living on the poverty line. But... Because I think it comes back to this basic thing. Because all the people who take these decisions and the people who are supervising them, your name is Carrie Lamb, um, have never really stood for an election. They have no idea of real accountability. Elections are terrible, terrible things and they can be manipulated. We've read all these awful reports. But one thing they do do is instil among the people who are elected the need to come back to their constituency, whoever that may be, and account for their actions. And this is no small thing, and it's totally absent from the Hong Kong system, mm. which is why it's so depressing. No kidding. And Carrie Lam, you know, saying yet again in LegCo, oh, well, you know, I, I, think, I think we've got to recognise our mistakes... I, I, I'd be delighted if there was if, if there was a single opportunity for her to reflect on this and actually do something different. But it goes on. I mean, we've had this succession. You know, two hundred dollars taken away from very poor people here. No money for kindergartens there. Um, hospital authority completely um, oblivious, it seems, to the fact that the the nurses and the doctors working in the public sector almost worked to death at the moment. And so it goes on, and they go, oh, well, we'll have an allocation, yeah, we may... You, you actually have to invest in people. I know you like buildings, I know you like these glorious projects, but at the end of the day, what matters to Hong Kong, in my view, is the 7 million people who live here, not the great big fancy buildings that you want to build. And before they even go madder, because, remember, we've got... We've got all this greater base stuff, which they're, you know, they're, they're, they're fingering the bank account, going, oh, I'll tell you what, we could empty this out on some of that. <laughs> yeah. Go back to the doctors for a minute. So here you have a situation where, even in good times, public hospitals are overcrowded, there are not enough public doctors, the attractions of staying within the government health system are minimal compared nowadays to the attractions of going into the public sector as the private sector yeah so and nurses the the conditions for nurses are even worse 
because they're much lower paid. I mean, that's that's universal. Doesn't just apply to Hong Kong. But it, there's, the gap is growing and growing, and the the work pressure, the hours that they have to put in, is growing, and growing. And then they go, I can't understand it. All these people are leaving the public sector. Well. It's not difficult to understand. So there's there's two things that could be done. One is, obviously, they could be better remunerated to, to make up for this. And, you know, there is an ethos among many doctors and nurses that they actually want to be in the public sector. But you don't have to make it aggressively difficult for them to stay there. Yeah. Plus, I'm sorry, they're going to have to bite the bullet and allow some importation of, of, of personnel for this. Because, as matters stand, it's very, very minimal. And if you look around the world... Importing people to work in the public sector health service is commonplace because it's sensible and because it's needed. And why Hong Kong won't won't particularly, um, you know, grasp that nettle? I, I have no, well, I have a very good idea why they won't do it. But the fact of the matter is, they won't do it. So every year you have a crisis. I mean, last year there was a flu crisis. Oh, and guess what? Every year, the year before there was a <laughs> flu crisis. So it's not on the unpredictable scale of things that are going to happen. So. Why is no preparation made before these things happen? And you may say, well, it's very difficult to build new hospitals and and blah, blah, blah. It is true. These things do not get built overnight. Mm. But it's funny. There's plenty of money if you want to build a bridge, particularly if it's I've going nowhere. Way, You've got lots of money for that. Let's say hello to Mildred, who says we've had... Oh, it's, here's a, here's a person on the bus. She says, we've had Wifegate, Hubbygate, 50 Milgate, and the buddy-buddy system ensuring many getting away with all sorts of crimes. She says, do you think Beijing might look into corruption here? Would be funny if it did. Well... The irony is... Well, Mildred, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if, if you had one particular thing in mind, but it is interesting that you mention all of this in the week when the central authorities in Beijing are rumoured to have said, oh, we're not going to allow Hong Kong to have a law that, that subjects the chief executive to um, corruption... Um, uh, what do you call it? Regulations? or yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Yes, corruption re- re- regulations. They've actually said... That they that 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 they don't want this applied to the person at the top of the tree because she be su- she or he would be susceptible to blackmail etc. Et no, I think the real reason is that's because what they say anyway. no, no, that's what they say. But the real reason is that they appoint and they can they can unappoint. Well, yeah, I mean that's the rule, and, and they don't like the idea that some some wretched thing called uh, what's it called? Oh, that's right, the law might might come into play. So you know, if the person at the top of the government tree is exempt from the graft laws. I mean, it's staggering that that should be the case. But if that is the case, (coughs) what signal does it send to people not so high up the tree? I wonder which countries in the world do have this and which don't. Well, it's interesting. A a country that notably has this um, is... Well, they are exempt, or they're not your saying. ..that that makes them exempt. Uh, While they're in office, United States presidents... <coughs> can't be investigated for corruption. They can be investigated, and they can, as we've seen, they can be... Um, as, are, as we're seeing. <laughs> as, as we see, for a range of other things, they can be indicted for those. But, incidentally, once they come out of office, there's nothing to stop. Yeah. If graft is proven during their period of office, there's nothing to stop the prosecutors coming after them afterwards. Now, that doesn't seem to be a particularly good system, but it's better than the system basically saying the person in charge of the government in Hong Kong should should be immune from all prosecution. 
Radio 3. We had Robbers from the 1975. Before that, Steve Vines is still here. Well, talking about robbers and hooligans, <laughs> this is what they call a segue, you know. Um, I, something which I, I, I'm slightly mystified about because it really should have got a lot more <coughs> um, publicity and analysis than it did was this extraordinary report from the um, Exchange Fund. This is the, the fund that uh, uh, manages part of a, a very substantial part, squillions, of yep. the government's reserves. It's managed by the Hong Kong Monetary Authority, mm. who, 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 who give out this impression of being godlike, you know, um, uh, investment gurus. The fact of the matter is, last year, it managed to... I mean, this is staggering. It managed to see its investment income dwindle by almost 95%. That's a big number, mm. even in um, even in the Vines household. Huge. Um, and, and, you know, they're going on... So somehow this is an act of God. Well, no, actually, it isn't. I mean, even if... Even if... Say all the money last year was put into the, to, to the tracker fund. I know it's too much money to put into one fund. But anyway... Um, but you would have got something like... Uh, uh, an increase in the value of that fund by by 16% over the 12 months of last year. Uh, that doesn't include um, interest payments, incidentally. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's staggering that although the financial environment, the stock market environment, the markets environment, whatever you want to call it, last year was pretty grim, I'm not saying it wasn't, to, to have managed to have dropped your investment income by almost all of, I mean, you know, by almost 100%, because, I mean, let's face it, you're not, you're not way off at 95%, is quite a picture of in, 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 in incompetence. So I put it as mildly as I can. And I have to say, every time I come across anybody from the Monetary Authority, who incidentally are well paid even by the standards of investment bankers... So it's not as though... They're not like doctors who don't do anything particularly important in public hospitals so they can be paid nothing. God, no. They're paid way, way more than anybody who does that sort of thing. So they're highly paid. They're supposed to be highly skilled, yet they're just so poor at doing their job. And why there hasn't been some sort of public outcry about this, I, I have no idea. There's lots of other public outcries. <laughs> I, know, I know there's hot competition. I mean, you know, the MTR, I think, was... I now realise the MTR was created to deflect attention away from other, other government cock-ups. Because, you know, they can always say, oh, well, you know, we've done this really badly, but we're not as bad as the MTR. You go, well, <laughs> or yeah, Leighton. You've got, you've got to put, oh, Leighton, or, or, the, or, or Leighton's the cleaner. cleaners, yes. <laughs> Leighton's cleaners, oh, they're very, 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 very bad. I've got an email here that sort of mentions all the oh, things you talked about. Hello to John, I've got two, but we'll get to them. OK. Uh, John says, morning, Steve didn't mention the government couldn't plan a Mickey D's party. They spent years building the North District Hospital. It opened, but not as a real hospital, because they opened it. Without any doctors or nurses, says John. After years, well, of well, he's this is pretty well proven fact. Yeah, well, yeah. He yeah. goes on. He says after years of construction, the new children's hospital in Kaitak has just been finished and open. Yet again, not as a real hospital because they don't have any doctors or nurses to staff it. He says the government spends the capital fund to build stuff, but sadly has no clue about management. Yeah, you see, this is the thing. And I hate to be vulgar because, you know, it's early in the morning. Well, it's not that early, actually, but it's in the morning and, you know, children may be listening. But, but you know, what's the problem? Uh, it's called people. People. Uh, who wants to talk about people? <laughs> but, you know, it, John is quite right. They, they have got... There's another hospital in, in, in Lantau, which um, is um, uh, uh, staggeringly underused because it's staggeringly undermanned. Um, 
it's all comes from the same reason is <coughs> they will always invest in buildings and never invest in people. Go like, figure. Oh, we forgot that. Go and, figure. And, and on a different topic, we got an email. We got a politics lesson from Alan here. He says regarding U.S. presidents, he said they're not actually a law. I think you know this. He said not actually a law. The Justice Department said it would not proceed with indicting a sitting president. Obviously, they can do um, and investigate crimes, Mueller. He says, and then. <coughs> The president can be impeached. Uh, he said that requires 60 senators to convict, and after removed from office, he could then be charged criminally. Yeah. You said that. He said Nixon was threatened with this, and he resigned. Ford pardoned him, so no prosecution ensued. Dozens of his staff were convicted and nicked. Pardons are only for federal crimes, so state governments can pr proceed regardless. Then he says New York is going to get Trump regardless. And the PS here, Steve, is the Chinese rule is that leaders can never be charged for anything while their faction is in power. Apparently, this now applies to Hong Kong. Dig it, baby. CY and the dismissal of charges for the 50 million bribe he received, says Alan. Uh, I'm sure that's not true. <laughs> well, it, all of that is, is, is as stated as far as I know. So, I mean, it, what, what he's, the point that he's making, which, which it, I'm, I'm pleased he's elaborated it, is, yep, thank is you. you know, you can get subsequent... Um, conviction for crimes committed either when you were or weren't or... Not here, sorry. you can't. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about in the US system. Yeah. When, when you were president, you can't do it while you're still in office. So they can get them. And you can, of course, not through the judicial process, but through the political process in Congress, yeah. if you can mobilise enough senators and congressmen to do it, you, you, you can, of course, impeach a president. And as he points out, most people think that Nixon was impeached, but in fact, that didn't actually happen. He wasn't. Watch, he, watch he, Frost Nixon. Yes, I know. He, he, he resigned. Um, but, the, the, but everyone says the likelihood is if he hadn't resigned, yeah. he would have been well, impeached. Alan said he was threatened with this. He was threatened but, yeah. with that, and the deal clearly was that if he resigned, he would be pardoned, which is, in fact, what President Ford, who succeeded him, did. So, you know, <coughs> there are checks and balances in that system. Then you come to the Hong Kong system, and there are... Ooh, uh, oh, that's right, nothing. Right. Nothing. So Imelda says here, morning, and let's not forget Carrie's comment yesterday about how not being at the right time to talk about hiring foreign doctors because our doctors are busy. That's interesting, Steve. This and several times, it's not the right time. And you want to say, well, well just explain, but, though. But why, that, why is it not the right that time? That one is, it, it's like saying... <laughs> this, is, this is almost, you know, it, it's almost high crimes and fast. It's like saying... <coughs> I'm, I'm too busy to be thinking about what I'm doing. I mean, just think that one through. We've I'm too busy to think what I'm doing. That's why mistakes are made. That's what she's saying. She's saying we're all too busy. We're too busy to think, oh, no, 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 no. There's a crisis and we can't possibly think how to get out of it. Gosh, is that really how she's running the government? Let's go back to the glossary. We heard some years ago, I will tell you... <coughs> Excuse me. When the time is right. Yes. Oh, well, that's that's my mate C.Y. But what's this about it's that was, not the that, right that, time? That, that was C.Y. who was going to tell us about the irrefutable evidence he had of foreign intervention, foreign intervention. But define, in the Occupy def movement. Define the right time. That's what I'm interested in here. Like, the middle paragraph, I always say, the one that's well, marked, I just, how? Can I translate that into English? Go on. When I think I can get away with it would be the right time. But it's like it, a telling or, off. Or, or it's you never. You shouldn't say this to me. Yeah, or, I know, but, I mean, basically, you know, the time's not right for us to do this, the time's not right to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, in the middle of the crisis, is 
obviously the right time to be thinking of these things precisely the because, because people's minds are focused on the problem. Once your mind is focused on the problem, what sensible people do is say, I wonder if there's a solution. What bureaucrats in the government go is, I wonder how we can push this down the road. The other one that always gets me going is like the cul-de-sac approach. We read in the news, and I don't know if it's the way the journos write it, it says, let's think of something bad, let's think about, you know, MTR or whatever. When when questioned about so-and-so, Minister X rejected the plan. OK, that's it. Let's move on to the next yes. thing. That's been rejected, so let's move on to the next or, or unfounded. They never <laughs> say it's a lie, yeah, but it's unfounded. unfounded. It's really unfair. I don't understand why people criticise us, just because we're totally incompetent. The rumours are unfounded. You did so-and-so. You did X, Y and Z. And instead of saying, no, we didn't, of course we didn't. Those are unfounded, which means they actually might have done it. But can, can I, can I, uh, I think we've mentioned this on this programme before, but can I just repeat my favourite of all government speak is the relevant department. Oh, that's, oh, that's the media trading the, speak. The, the, the relevant <laughs> department will deal with this. So, so you're admitting, are you, that most departments that are oh, irrelevant... Working I mean, with the authorities. I mean, this is so, so, so absurd. If you've, if you've got a department handling something, I guess it may possibly be relevant.